2: I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us.
3: <laughs> it's probably like getting great 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it
2: all the time whether, you know, there's two types of turds you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean,
3: um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays.
4: Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Um, it's a big week. We were in studio for the first time last week. We have this new cool studio, and I have producer Pat over here with me that I want to give a quick shout-out to. He's great. He was great last week. We're back in the studio, though, Uh, and this time it kind of feels real. Last week I talked to Mitch Sherman, but it was over the phone. This week I have sitting across from me Aaron Sorensen. I have sitting next to me Greg Smith. Joining us here shortly will be uh, Jacob Padilla, and then we also have over the phone... Brandon Vogel. So instead of just saying hello everyone and let there be like an awkward five-minute silence while you all wait <laughs> to talk, Greg, how are you? I am very well. How are you? I'm good. Well, could be better. Aaron, how are you?
1: Good. Just trying to figure out my life. So to the people who like to yell on the internet, stop, please. I, I need a break. Oh, man. I need a break.
4: Brandon, you are the self-appointed new Big Ten commissioner. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I am honored to be this week's Mitch Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first
4: question for you guys what are you doing with your fall Saturday have you thought about this yet like, like the news of the week that we're obviously here to talk about we're going to get to in a little bit um, the college football season was nuked but like, I think the most pressing question right now is what do sports writers do with their fall Saturdays? What do people in general do with their fall Saturdays?
1: I'm, I have so many, I just have to get this out of the way. You all can share whatever you need to, but for the people who I've seen a number of people talking about like, Oh, husbands and boyfriends and fiancés, you better prepare for the women in your life to hand you their list. Like women don't cover this as well. I'm sitting here right now. So I made a joke on Twitter that should I just write myself my own dang list? And this one guy came along and was like, that's a great idea. We should all do that. And I was like, way to miss the point.
0: <laughs> the point went right over your head.
1: So please, to the people who listen to this podcast, stop telling the men around you to expect list. If that is in your relationship, that is between you and your significant other. But I am tired of it. I am going to snuggle my dogs Dogs all <laughs> fall. That's it.
0: I have no idea what I'm going to do because that's the, like, assuming, like, are, am I assuming that we're going to get uh, ACC, SEC, and Pac-12 football?
4: I don't because know. This gets no, into whether you believe no. they can actually play or not.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think. No, just spoiler <laughs> alert. So the, I don't know what I'll do because I it's been years <laughs> since I've had, like, open – Saturday said, so "I don't know. What do people do? But Sleeper, they go sleeping. to football games. <laughs> that's yeah. what they I believe do. that there like, are things know. called
1: pumpkin patches that some people like to go to. <laughs> Am I to? now
0: about to be dragged to that? Is that? What and you're apparently,
1: <laughs> like you, I think you can socially distance at those. But
4: that's only acceptable for like a few week stretch. In yeah, how October, many times right? could you
0: even go to that? Like you can't,
4: yeah, you, you could can't get
1: a season pass. and you then can't. just go crazy. You can't
4: go to a pumpkin patch in like November. I do like You'd how get, you said
1: pumpkin patch." <laughs>
4: I call him out. I am excited. Uh, because what about Brandon, it, though? It kind of worked like, out. You? Brandon does. I, 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 it kind of worked out because uh, Alex has me now um, hooked a little bit on Grey's Anatomy, mm. which was a show that I never watched when it was on and kind of just know, like rolled like my eyes like at when it was happening. Yeah. There's like 16 seasons on Netflix um, with hour long episodes and like 20 episodes a season. And we're like, well, it's kind of worked out because we can just spend our fall Saturdays watching Grey's Anatomy. It's one of those shows where you like don't want to tell people publicly that you watch it uh, if you don't like like rom-coms, but yeah. it's actually not a bad show.
0: Yeah, but somebody's watching it because it's been on for 40 years. Like Somebody's watching <laughs> it.
1: Four years? I think. 40. Oh, I thought you said four years. I'm like, man, they knocked out a lot. of. You
0: know, it's been
4: on forever. So. Brandon, what are you doing with your fall Saturday?
1: Besides being commissioning sure. the Big, Big Ten.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot to settle on that front still, as you guys know. But when I'm not doing that, I'm hoping – but we'll see if Sunbell plows ahead, at which point it'll be, it'll be all in on, uh, Appalachian State football, of course. If that gets removed, uh, I just saw a graph where Tennessee, all of the FCS programs, it's the only state in the, the country where FCS programs have not canceled any games yet. So that's, that's plan B. And then plan C is, uh, use our friends at Reddit College Football to, to find streams of Japanese college football. <laughs> uh yeah, Nebraska is still out there looking for uh, alternative fall options, they do play college football in Japan.
4: Okay, well, we might have to start covering uh, Japanese college football. Um, as you were talking, Brandon, Jacob Padilla joined us. He's wearing a Phoenix Suns shirt. The 7-0 and Phoenix Suns from the seating games. Jacob, how are you? I'm assuming pretty good.
3: Uh, Yes, good, but also uh, very nervous. Today's a big day. Um, Why is today a big day? Because uh, it'll determine if the Suns make the playoff, or the play-in game at the very least. Oh, really? Yeah. Who do, who do they, okay, this is going to derail us. Who do they play? They play uh, Dallas, uh, Milwaukee plays Memphis, and um, Brooklyn plays Portland. So the Suns need one at least one of Memphis and Portland to lose today, I, and I they mean, need to win their team. I don't hate to
4: burst your bubble, pun intended, but... Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the NBA right now, and nobody's taking the
3: Portland. Yeah, Celtics I'm. I'm. Out. I'm looking more at that Memphis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say look at that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm expect. I'm hoping for a uh, Portland's uh, Phoenix playing round. That would actually be really fun. That would be entertaining. Devin yeah. Booker against. they it, would just be bombing half court shots, one after the other. Yeah, but uh, Portland doesn't have a Mikhail Bridges to throw on Booker. I mean, okay, sure.
0: Um, <laughs> nice
4: football as we know it is canceled so i have gathered the team here postponed um, postponed they're not going to play a football season for a calendar year like this postponed. is something we're going to get to but anybody who's anybody thinks that spring is is a pipe dream and i don't know oh.
1: have you read our mentions
4: i don't know people th- or I have you talked to jeff true.
0: brom
1: <laughs> like jeff yeah jeff brom. brom and ryan day would like to have a word i mean yeah. we like we can try to
4: have a spring season but there're p- just so many logistical things that have to fall right into place perfectly for the commissioner doesn't know what he wants for a spring season. That's a problem. Thanks Brandon. Um, Oh yeah. Sorry, Brandon. But <laughs> let, let's let's get to that later. Um, first, just I feel to, like he uh, just
1: threw his phone somewhere. Right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> just initial reactions. Brandon, we will start with you since you're remote and, uh, you've kind of been silenced throughout this. Um, the big 10 postponed. Some people say canceled. We're not going to have fall sports in the Big Ten this fall. Um, When when the news came down on Tuesday, what were your thoughts? Have they changed since? We're kind of 48 hours after the fact. We're recording this on a Thursday morning. Um, Where are you at right now with regards to just the Big Ten season kind of blowing up?
2: Um, Not surprised. I wasn't surprised then. I'm not surprised two days later. Uh, very sad. (laughs) I love college football about as as much as anything. So even though I'd kind of been girding myself for the past month or so that, Hey, this is looking more and more like kind of the most likely choice. Uh, it's it's just hard to get past that feeling of loss at, at not having, I mean, for Nebraska, it's been since 1890 you can go on down the list and you're into the 1800s for just about any major school. There's, there's been football every fall. Um, and it's, it's really strange. It it was an odd place for the big 10 to be. I thought, um, the big 10 kind of has this history of what I call big 10 exceptionalism, where, you know, they like to be a leader and out front on this. I don't see at this point a ton of advantage to being out there first but the Big Ten decision makers, for whatever reason, clearly did. And we don't know exactly why. I think that's a large part of the problem is nobody really knows what went into this decision. I was talking to a, with a Nebraska source earlier today who is somebody who should know, and I said, "Hey, what, why did the Big Ten do this?" And he didn't know. And that's kind of where we're at. It could have been a lot easier on everybody if the Big Ten just seemed a little bit more ready to go and ready to not just announce the decision, but explain it.
1: Yeah.
4: I'll open the floor to the rest of you guys where you're at.
1: No, I would agree. I think my biggest issue in all of this is just the, I think where so many things went wrong is just, so think back to like, what was that now? Almost a month ago, whenever the Big Ten canceled non-conference games, everyone was applauding them, praising them. July 9th. Wow. Okay. I was very specific. I had to I make the that. Michael
4: Scott gift timeline, so I, oh. looked these, <laughs> I looked at these dates recently. Got
1: it. I was going to say that I was, was like, how did you weird. remember that? Um, but when you think of how everyone applauded the Big Ten for being ahead on that decision, and how the decision uh, seemed to be so, they they had thought it through clearly, and it felt like oh they're trying to get ahead of this. At least in my opinion, it felt <laughs> it felt better than it does now. And then what happened is everyone else started making decisions, and the Big Ten stopped. And it just, the Big Ten sort of started like, went from being the leader in it to being the follower. And then it just felt like they now started, it's like they tripped and then just kept stumbling forward to get through whatever the rest of these decisions were. The way I always felt the non-conference decision was, was like, this is our chance to get ahead of it, watch how things play out, make decisions in the future as we watch this evolve. Instead, it felt like they made that decision and then stopped talking.
3: Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the the impression that Kevin Warren's press conference and just this entire week kind of gave off. It's they don't really have a plan and he wasn't able to answer some questions that he probably should have been prepared for going up to that. If he was paying attention at all to kind of what was going around um, the, their whole decision timeline coming up to that announcement. And yeah, that's the it's good to go ahead, be proactive with the non-conference thing. And then it's also good to kind of bide your time and wait and see, but you can't just be sitting there and waiting. You've got to be making your plans throughout that time and being ready to adjust those plans versus, all right, we'll just wait and make our plan later. And that's kind of what it ended up looking like where you, you see the Big Ten was the first to cancel non-conference games, but then they were the last to announce like a conference schedule for the most part. You had all these other conferences coming out and explaining their plans while the Big Ten was just kind of sitting back. And we had an idea of what we thought um their conference was going to look like uh, but they had nothing definite while all these other conferences were putting it out there and then they finally did announce their schedule and then four days later they canceled it all well
1: think of how that schedule came to be though so all of these so for anyone who wonders how this and this is a totally entirely different podcast and discussion but for everyone who got upset about sourcing and sources said We literally experience that all the time from coaching hires to AD hires to firings, changes and whatever. All of none of that is like sourcing has always been there like this. People just didn't like the message in a lot of ways. But the reason I wanted to bring up the sourcing for this is we had heard as early as Monday of last week being the day that the Big Ten was going to release some kind of schedule. And then... Big 10 players came out and agreed with the PAC 12 players saying, we feel we need a seat at the table. We need to have this discussion. We find out that Kevin Warren is having those discussions, which feels very last minute. He's having them like Monday night, Tuesday morning. Um, And then they just like say, well, we're listening to them. We're doing this. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, but we're, we're releasing the schedule. It felt like that schedule was supposed to be released Monday Then all of this player stuff started happening, and they're like, well, now we can't release it. So they let 48 hours go by, and then Wednesday morning it was full steam ahead. Here's the schedule. It just felt very chaotic. It felt like this is what we were going to do, so I guess we'll just wait until it feels better. How many of us were surprised when we got the email at like 7.05 a.m. that they were going to have the announcement in (laughs) like an hour? (laughs) So it just felt very much like... Go, stop, go, stop, go, stop. But, like, there was no adjustment in there. Like, I did the players, whatever conversation did they have with Warren, were those concerns met? Were they we, we heard? We have no yeah. idea. They just, I feel like that was the schedule they were going to release anyway.
4: Well, if if the league had listened to the players, we would be playing.
1: Correct. I yeah.
0: so true. But I also thought, like, well, one of the things that I thought of immediately when they announced that the season was going to be, are we saying, postponed, um, is that... Uh, what standard did they they never set a standard and they being Kevin Warren in the big 10 of what they wanted schools to meet to then be able to play. And so the, so you see Jim Harbaugh releases his very Jim Harbaugh statement, the long list of things, but it was also really good in that saying like we've tested X amount of people and we've had this amount of positives and our last 422, we've had no positive test and all of this. Um, And so if he gives that to Kevin Warren, it almost felt like it didn't matter Because in the end, because we got no explanation from Warren in the Big Ten, it feels like, and I think a lot of people have said this, that they knew what their decision was going to be and we were going to get there anyway. It didn't matter what the schools did, which is also ultimately, to jump to this, my problem with the spring situation is that if we have a vague understanding or no understanding of what the schools needed to do to play in the fall. What in the world is going to change by the spring if they've already been moving heaven and earth to be able to do stuff right now. Like they're doing, I would assume, because the schools, as we saw, all want to really play. And we saw a lot of them forcefully say that. So in theory, they're then doing everything they need to do. So then what else more are they supposed to do to make the situation better in spring? Or is it really not tied to them?
4: I think this is the reason most people are upset with the Big Ten right now. And most people, I I say, kind of removing the um, anonymous Angry Twitter from the equation. I think most people are Facebook's are, are not upset. Anonymous <laughs> social media, I should say, are not upset <laughs> you know, because throw everybody in there. football was canceled or postponed or whatever we want to call it. I think people are upset because it looks like from everything that we've seen, it looks like the Big Ten just wasn't doing anything for the last five months. Like they like things were shut down in March and. Wisconsin AD Barry Alvarez said this week that the Big Ten didn't even start discussing what a spring schedule would look like until last week. That seems like something you should have talked about in April or May or something like that. You should have had contingency plans in place. And Kevin Warren goes on BTN and and Dave Revson, who did a really good job with that interview, asked him point blank, what do you need to see to feel comfortable to play in the spring and Warren can't give him an answer and he talks around it. And he was the quintessential politician, just not really answering the question. And if he doesn't know what he wants to see in the spring, I think that's why you saw like Jeff Brom Thursday morning say, here's my plan. Can we do something? Can we move this conversation forward instead of sitting here and waiting until Maybe December, if the plan is to start in January, it maybe the Big Ten just sits and waits until December because what it looks like so far from the outside, I think this is why there's been outrage: is that the Big Ten just sat and wait and hoped that things would get better without yeah. actually planning for the eventuality that it wouldn't get better.
0: Yeah, and I think, but I think that you can't if you're the Big Ten, and I think the coaches know this why, you, which is why you've seen coaches come out already with plans. Ryan Day said something, it's, well, not as nearly as detailed as Jeff Brom, but they know that you have to give. They're going to have to give their players something to say, this is what you're working for. Like, we can't just be like, this sounds bad in a way, but to say this bluntly, like they just can't just go be regular students. Like that's not going to be the way that they have to proceed through their first semester. They are going to need some sort of structure to keep in line, but to also so that they know how to keep their bodies ready. Like there's a lot that's going to go into that. They cannot. The Big Ten just can't drop all of this, disappear until November or December and And say okay here you go like that's not gonna work
1: and if you're listening and you're like what the heck did jeff Brom do or ryan day so ryan day uh wednesday evening during a media availability suggests an eight-week schedule that runs january through february starts the first week of january and runs until essentially the last week of february uh the idea would be move it as close to the beginning of the year as you can so that way you don't have to change the back half of the year so you can just start your schedule as normal in the fall, Brom went much like you can tell he was like up all night thinking yeah. this through uh, his would have a couple week uh, like training camp essentially to get to get ready into the season. You'd start February 27th, which is my mom's birthday. So obviously that's why yes. big celebration um, and then would go through May uh, 10 weeks, a 10 game schedule um, or is it eight? I think it might, it's eight because it's the eight, fall yeah, would be 10. ten. Yep. Um, so an eight game schedule that would then conclude in May with the big 10 championship. So obviously building in some room, if you have to adjust as you go, um, that is what he proposed, which would then bump the fall 2020 season, 2021 season, excuse me, to October. So if you want to see that, that is on our website, but that is what he suggested. Brom definitely, like I said, it good for him for at least having a plan because to Derek's point of it, feeling like there isn't a plan, and they could just wait till December, you have your coaches in your conference literally drafting proposals and sending them to the media and telling them, hey, would this work?
4: And maybe it's not fair to say that the Big Ten doesn't have a plan because we don't know, but the Big Ten has been working behind the scenes and not really being forthcoming with a lot of this. I think people were really respecting the Pac-12 for coming out and saying, here's the medical document that our health professionals gave us and said, these reasons are why we don't feel comfortable playing. The Big Ten didn't have such a thing. And maybe that's why Nebraska's getting hammered the way Nebraska has been getting ha- getting hammered because they said, you yeah, we're disappointed. We still kind of want to play and then disappeared for
1: well, it's, 36
4: to 48 hours.
1: It's really too bad that the Big Ten hasn't been more forthcoming with its reasoning because of the Nebraska Medical Center. You have one of the top and like one of the top medical facilities in the world who handles infectious diseases leading this. You can't tell me that they don't have things that they can't UNMC has been more than accommodating when people have requested time with (laughs) them to talk. This wouldn't be difficult to get one of their doctors, uh, one of their experts to sit down and explain these things. So if you as a conference aren't able, lean on your experts, you have the Nebraska Medical Center. And if I'm Nebraska, I'm even more frustrated by the fact that a part of my like institution could provide these answers and it's not happening.
3: Yeah. And, uh, th- and that's the thing too. Like you, we have no idea they can come up with plans and they could ultimately be meaningless, mm-hmm. but you have to come up with something to give some answers for now. And then we can operate with that in mind and adjust as things go forward because y- there's no way to know hundred percent what things are going to be like in the spring. It's entirely possible. Things won't be any different in the spring, which is why I kind of, Oh, we'll just move it back to the spring and just be just fine. Isn't necessarily uh, an actual plan. Um, you've got to have, um, like you said, like Greg said, the kind of the, um, you got to tell these student athletes what, all right, this is what it's going to look like. This is what you need to do, what you can keep doing throughout this time. This is what we're working towards. Um, you've got to give them their answers so they can make their own decisions and whatever those decisions may be. And it just seems like right now, like, all right, we feel like we can't shoulder the risk of playing a season right now we're just going to throw out the possibility of a spring season to kind of keep the the schools and the athletes from flooding out of the conference and looking elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just don't know that you can, I don't, is it really going to be any different in January than it is in now in a couple months? Um, We've seen other conferences cancel everything through the end of the year. Um, I, I just don't know, like just hope again, they can't just throw it back and hope that things are going to be better. You got to come up with something, some kind of plan, some alternatives, get that that cash flow in somehow, come up with something that you can do to help you get through this time until we can get back to playing because they they miss out on so much money right now and that that the danger of that is not just about like the greed and the money, it's about the long-term viability of the collegiate sports model. And of these universities and everything, you can't just sit back and not do anything until the end of 2021 or whatever.
4: Well, if you lose Nebraska revenue in, in fiscal 2019, which is the last data that it reported football alone generated 96.2 million of the $122 million in revenue or 130, whatever it was that Nebraska athletics generated. And like, you you start to talk about just completely missing doomsday scenario here is that, that Nebraska sits on its hands all fall and then spring rolls around and the Big Ten still doesn't feel comfortable about it and they say ah, we're just going to wait until fall 2021 to have a season Nebraska has missed out on what Scott Frost has said anywhere from 80 to 120 million dollars in revenue then you you start to have you have to start cutting sports programs and then you lose scholarships you lose athletes and then suddenly Title Nine becomes an issue because you don't have equity across men's and women's sports. And then maybe your football team gets smaller. So like all of these issues are at play. It's, it's clear why Nebraska still wants to play football in the fall. It's not about, I don't think it's about greed. I don't think it's about just like frost saying my players want to play. So I'm going to fight for them. The reasons that they want to play are clear. Brandon, I'm going to go to you. Nebraska got hammered for, for just saying we still want to play the statement that they put out Tuesday was, We're disappointed in the decision. Later on, it said, we hope it may be possible for our student athletes to have the opportunity to compete. That statement has kind of been twisted into Nebraska threatening to leave. I think if you just kind of read between the lines, you can get to to why people think that Nebraska's threatening to leave the Big 10. People, there's speculation that they wanted to go to the Big 12. There was speculation that Nebraska was looking at non-conference opponents that would be Big 12, non-conference games. Like, Nebraska got hammered by national outlets for this. Pat Forty wrote a column about Nebraska. Michael Wilbon on PTI, slam Nebraska, Um, Desmond, everybody's seen Desmond Howard's comments. Were you shocked, Brandon, that Nebraska was, was um, hit as hard as it was because of its response?
2: Not totally. Um, I think he used a key word there. It, it, it did get twisted. Um, It's a little bit, I think, inevitable in a, the social media age, where uh, there's so much access to raw and emotional opinion at all times, that you're gonna you're gonna see that, and you're gonna see people react to that, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, let's let's go point by point here. I guess uh, I'll try to I'll try to do this quickly. Monday, Scott Frost comes out and kind of like makes his case for football, and and that's, that's all fine and good. Like that, you know, he makes – a lot of points I agree with about the safety of, of players. Um, I think that's just kind of stands to reason that, yes, they would be safer. And, and you're trying to do it you can because you've got a sense that, hey, this thing is like hanging on by a thread, And we saw plenty of other coaches come out and do the same thing after that. So I think things changed. So multiple places said, hey, we're willing to explore options, including Ohio State. We're willing to explore options on Monday. Tuesday, decision comes. We still, we don't know anything really about, about the decision other than the, what, what it, what it, what it was. Um, and 13 conference teams come out and say, we support the Big Ten, obviously disappointed. This has a massive impact. Nebraska's statement leads with, we're very disappointed and still hoping we can play. And it's, it's a subtle difference. And from there, like, so for, for Nebraska fans, they kind of took it and with it and were like, yes, uh, look at this. Our, our university wants, wants games as bad as we do. Um, and then that got twisted with some of the national media names that you mentioned, uh, having to kind of coming back at Nebraska and, and doing it in all sort of like the hacky sort of TV talking head slash old school columnist ways uh, talking about John Deere's and corn and all of this stuff. And like, that's all perfectly predictable, but it just keeps fueling the fire. We get to Thursday. And I mean, I guess this is kind of a key juncture for me. Nebraska is the only school where the president and chancellor feel the need to come back and basically confirm that they're committed to the big Ten. So yes, did it spin a totally out of control? Absolutely. again. But Nebraska didn't, it, it, I don't think it meant to, to push things that far, but it's not entirely blameless here either. Because on Thursday, uh, Ted Carter and, and Ronnie Green had to come out and say, in an official statement, we're committed to the Big Ten. So that's a little bit of why we're here, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I want to just add, one of the things that I we were talking about before this podcast started, but I, I stand by this, That initial statement that came after the decision was made by the Big Ten that had Ted Carter, Ronnie Green, Bill Moose, and Scott Frost attached to it, while I understand from an outside perspective and from really any—I saw it everywhere, it was a unified front— I don't think Ted Carter and Ronnie Green should have signed their their names to that. I think that that was a statement that should have come solely from Bill Moose and Scott Frost expressing their disappointment in the season not being played. But I think when you have the president and the chancellor of the university chiming in at that moment, that we're disappointed suddenly feels a lot heavier than maybe it was intended from Nebraska because you saw the statement come out to on Thursday, so by the time people listen to this, it would be yesterday. Um, but... It it wasn't from Bill Moose and Scott Frost. But did you see what happened? Everybody on Twitter was mentioning Scott Frost didn't get included on this one. Where's Bill Moose? They're probably still trying to have a season. So now they're like trying to pull this divide of like, well, the president and the chancellor are against the athletic director and the coach. That's not the case at all. They're just coming out to reaffirm Nebraska's commitment to the Big Ten. And I also think it was very pointed that they said the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, like they're pointing very, very closely on Nebraska to say we're, we're good. Everything's good here. But it wasn't, it wasn't, I think it's just been a highly emotional week. And I think when there's a lot of heavy emotions involved, people can get really clouded in their judgment. And I think that when that statement came out, I think having Green and Carter attached probably elevated some of that emotion even beyond what it would have been like if Moose and Frost were saying on behalf of Nebraska football, we feel this way. Because by the way, you know, we talk a lot about football, but volleyball is impacted by this. Soccer is impacted by this. Cross country is impacted by this in Lincoln. They were not on that statement. But when you have the chancellor and the president on it, it does become a heavier statement. I think emotions just allowed people to get a little bit carried away. And yes, does Nebraska have some fault in that? Sure. But no, they didn't deserve quite the level of national media coming at them for it. But I just think that, I think there's so many things that if we could all go back to Monday and maybe redo some things (laughs) along the way, there's ways to have made this a little less crazy. And some of that is on the Big Ten Some of that is on Nebraska. Some of that is on the media. Some of that is on fans. I mean, and some of that is just on facebook comments please stop (laughs) stop
0: it uh but also there's a uh, there's another element that i'm surprised that neither of you mentioned too is that you did have the governor and then you had also come so Uh, it's one of those times where like the whole unified front thing in some instances is really great and it's really cool when everybody kind of comes together and pushes in the same direction and as scott frost noted in his very introductory press conference that's one of the reasons he came back and i think he referenced that again in his last zoom call um in this case all it did was add fuel to the fire because now you have every you have every like all of the most powerful people in the state essentially coming together to say, oh, no, the Big Ten is doing us wrong. Like it's mm-hmm. essentially what happened. And so, of course, you're going to have the vitriol that has still continued today from fans. And I <laughs> and mean, the, the governor problems. had
1: to literally say something yeah, he had to come out and say
0: something, too, which is the, all of this got a little odd. Like it just all went a little bit too far.
4: Nebraska is not unified. It, it, it makes political sense for somebody like Ben Sass or the governor to say, we want to play football in the fall. It makes political sense for them to do that. Nebraska's not unified, though, because playing football in the fall would mean that you're directly going against the Big Ten. And if you're directly going against the Big Ten, you're risking your Big Ten membership. Do you think John Cook wants to leave the Big Ten? Do <laughs> you think John Cook wants to go? Greg and I were talking about this on the, the car ride up here, like... To move from a weaker conference to a more powerful conference and continue winning, it's a good thing for you. To move from a powerful conference to a weaker conference and continue winning, it's going to get held against you. I don't think he wants to leave. Nobody on the The academic side of things does not want to go
1: anywhere.
4: Nobody on the academic side side of things wants (laughs) to leave. My piece for the yearbook this year, which RIP was
1: it's still a good piece. We should, pro- we should share it, it on the it internet. It was the, the 10
4: year anniversary of this year was going to be the 10 year anniversary of Nebraska coming to the big 10. And so I talked to Harvey Perlman, who was instrumental in Nebraska coming to the big 10 football didn't want to come <laughs> football was playing in back to back big 12 championships. They were built for the big 12 Harvey Perlman wanted the big 10 because from an academic standpoint, the big 10 is far superior to the yeah, big 12. It's not you're, even you're, close. It's not in the same ballpark.
1: Like my, uh, my, my, <laughs> diploma got so much heavier when Nebraska moved to the Big Ten, (laughs) I would just like to point out. So now it's in a gold-plated frame. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> no, but it's funny you say that. You joke. But one of the things, though, from, like, the academic side of it is that, like, when you go to hire faculty, for example, and everyone has to do that, um, in the 10 years that Nebraska's been in the Big Ten, a lot more faculty are willing to come here and a lot, like, more prestigious faculty members are willing to come to Nebraska because it's a Big Ten school. Like, that goes away if you go back to the Big 12. And no, I think offense that, Oklahoma,
1: it, no offense to Oklahoma, Derek. No offense to Oklahoma. I mean, to, it's, it's fine. But, like, as a whole. <laughs> the Big Ten um, from a so research just,
0: yeah. And so and then that's the other thing. And people like focus so heavily on the TV money that the Big Ten um, gives to Nebraska. And that's great. And it's high. It's, it's a large amount.
1: The money that Nebraska Medicine gets from the Big Ten is yeah, astronomical. The research
0: money as a whole is, is off the charts that Nebraska gets. And so it, it's a much bigger decision and deeper decision than football, which is weird for us to sit here and say as people that are sports writers, but it is. And you have to consider that. Um, and that's what the leadership of the university actually does seems like did do
4: we think um spring football can actually be played in january whether it's Browns plan or march to april do we think that spring football is a viable option and then turn around and play in the fall
1: i just really quick before you do it i just want to point out uh of if you think so or not plugging cross plugging Podcast uh, Jay Moore and Jason Peter talked about this. This is
4: my podcast. We're this is your podcast.
1: If you want nice. to, after you listen to this, hop over to the More to It podcast. I thought it was interesting coming from two people who played college football. That's all I wanted. to I say. I
4: give them a weekly plug at the end of the podcast.
1: Well,
0: I, we don't. They, need we, to they just get one. One. <laughs> wow. it. You you get, get
3: one. Wow, you get one. It's a rival one podcast. Plug. They're <laughs> just, stealing listeners. Yeah, I got to start uh, charging <laughs> them for extra. They emissions. can
1: listen to both. It's podcasts. all the same family. I'm just man. trying to say Jay
4: Moore's <laughs> podcast is probably better because he's an actor. He's a Former player, and people care more about former players. Than no, anything.
0: this is a very specific thing, that it's very good to hear his perspective, yeah. right? Whatever.
4: of spring what is away. your perspective? <laughs> and,
3: and that is part of it. Like, I'd be interested to hear from current student-athletes and former student-athletes and medical professionals about the wear and tear of two football seasons in one calendar year and how much time off they would... So I... the what makes me really doubt it is I don't know that you can go early enough. Like I don't think you can start January first. Like if we're canceling now, I don't think it's going to be better uh, in so much better place on January first that you can get started right away and then uh, by the, and be able to play out a full ish uh, enough of a season to make it worth it for the athletes to compete and uh, to get uh, enough money to make it worth it. I don't know that like because. I don't know that you can start in January and play January and February. And, and but the you later have, you go, the yeah. harder
1: it gets getting exactly. closer to the fall season. Yeah.
3: So that, that's kind of where my doubts are is just the whole timeline of being able to do it. Um, when do you start? How long does it last? Can you do that? And then have a full season next fall as well? Because you re, I mean, you need the money now. You need to get something in the spring if you can. But you also don't want to disrupt next, next season as much as possible. So – I I just the the logistics of it I just don't see it possible and especially the the later you get also you've got you're going to have every viable NFL draft pick opting out if you get into NFL draft prep time and all that kind of stuff so I, I even before it happened back when the Ivy League um first announced that they were going to do it. I, I just I wrote my column that week on I just don't see how spring football is feasible for Power 5. Well, the, and I haven't changed my opinion on the that.
4: The elite players opting out thing is not going to affect Nebraska. Because Scott Frost timed this up perfectly to where all his best players are sophomores; uh, they're not eligible yet for the NFL draft. Yeah, it's
0: not. A, I don't think hey. it's a shot. at them. they're just young. It's just a young. No, I mean, if if we were hey. a
4: year in the future, Wanda yeah, Robinson I, I, would probably be yeah, hey, Greg, Greg
3: Austin said uh, Brendan Hymas could have been a draft pick last year if he had left. You guys might could be without, you with could be without your left tackle.
4: There are not many people outside of this state that agree with with his <laughs> take on Brendan Hymus. And that's not to say that he's wrong. That's and just he to could say get there, but he
0: needed a season to get there
4: to sure, show that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you <know who> guys <laughs> like Deontay Williams, guys like Markel Dismuk, DiCaprio Boodle, some of those guys. Like, maybe Omar Manning sits out. Like, that that would not be good if we played Springfield. You team. know
1: Brandon. who doesn't need Nebraska to work out and train? Luke McCaffrey.
0: The problem... Yeah, but his mom sent out a whole yeah. thing about how they want they to wanna play.
1: play. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> they, they have like, the pre-built in, like, just work out with each other. The yeah.
4: problem with a spring season is you would have to be able to sell tickets and you would have to let fans into the games to try to make the money work. Yeah. And if you're playing a spring season, then, then you're considering shortening the following fall season. I don't think coaches are going to want to do that. You're not going to want to impact future seasons because then you're losing more money on the back end
0: in in Jeff Brom's plan remember me again it was February 27th would be you would start first.
1: February 27th and I think it's like middle of May like third week of May is your big I'm Ten tension
0: picturing time. that February 27th Nebraska season opener with a foot of snow
1: it sounds really warm D- does it <laughs> hey Brandon do you want to come back to Nebraska and cover Nebraska exclusively in negative 15 degree weather
2: Sure, I mean, I soak up, <laughs> I, I, I soak up a greater de- degree of, of heat and humidity uh, the other eight months of the year. So uh, it would it would make for a more a more balanced year for me normally <laughs> than when I'm typically back in Nebraska when it's uh, most of the time relatively temperate. It's,
4: what are your thoughts on the spring season, Brandon?
2: I think it's possible. Um, and I know that runs counter to basically every football coach talking right now. And I know there are a, a ton of roadblocks, um, a lot of big ones that you guys have, have just mentioned, but I, I think the key is, uh, well, I think there are a couple of things. I think there, there's going to be a huge incentive to try and figure it out, to try and come up with a plan and try it, try to make it work and, you that there, there's there's some, I think, urgency for the Big Ten, as, as we were talking about earlier, to like not just be like, well, we made the tough decision, now we're going to sit around and figure things out. like No, they need to come up with a workable spring plan now and get it out there. And it can't be just Jeff Braum, even though I appreciated him doing that. He's a man after my own heart with that. The Big Ten needs to get that out there because... If, if there is football in the fall, even if it's just the ACC and the SEC and maybe the Big Twelve, I think that yeah. more than the logistics of it eliminates eliminates the spring season. Because then, what are you going to do? You let if you have three power conferences playing, maybe the Sun Belt still in, um, and another in the AAC. You know, Respect they've kind the of national been <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> national champions. the twenty twenty national champions, <laughs> Appalachian At- State. <laughs> or, uh, I mean, if, if
4: if you got the three Power Five leagues, three of the Power Five leagues, and then the AAC, you could just have an eighteen playoff with the division winners from each of those four conferences.
2: So we're just gonna write fun Belt. Respect the twenty twenty national champion. Derek.
4: Okay. okay, okay um, fine. How about the Cincinnati plays uh, Appalachian State in the uh, the fourth playoff game semifinal? That's fine.
2: Yeah. It is. Fun. Bell. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, think if there's football in the fall, that pretty much wipes out the spring. Cause then you're talking about, uh, not, not just like, I mean, you can figure out the eligibility piece of it. If, if the Big Ten and Pac-12 don't play well, but they play in the spring. Okay. That's their, their 2020 season, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And that's all easy enough to do. But then are the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 willing to put themselves at a potential competitive disadvantage by trying to play 20 games? in a calendar year. Meanwhile your your closest the the teams you're contending with for those playoff spots in the SEC, ACC and Big Twelve, are are on a regular schedule. Like no, there's then the incentive to do that goes away. So if if there's no football this fall, there will be football in some form in the spring. I believe. They'll they'll come up with way to answer all of those questions.
3: But on the other hand, if they do go ahead with football with just three or four conferences and they're and forget national championship, all that. Say it's just individual conferences going at it, having their season, and they pull that off with that incentivize uh, the, the ones that set out to say, oh, hey, we can do this. They made it through it, so now we have to try to do it to get our TV money to have our own kind of contained season type of thing. Could you see that also playing out that way? The competitive, yeah, yeah, the competitive advantage you said of playing that many games a calendar year. Um, that, that certainly does, uh, play a factor as well. But, um, yeah, I guess, um, go
2: ahead. I I think it, I think it could work that way. Um, and then you're, then it really comes down to kind of the school and the conference, I think. Uh, and it becomes more of a a financial question at that point of, okay, we already lost out on the fall. And meanwhile, if these, other leagues get through their season relatively without without any major stoppages or any major issues. Well, you're going to be taking it on the chin from the national media, the local media again for canceling so early. At that point, do you just write it off and say, "Well, we lost that revenue. We didn't think we can do it. These other leagues did. We're just gonna we're just gonna punt until the fall." I don't know. It, it really could go either way. But in, ter- in terms of like the so much of the spring discussion so far, and I get it, it's all like new and raw has been focused on the logistics of it. And it's not great. It's not what you would ever choose, but I just think the incentive is great enough to to get some revenue back that you can figure out a
3: workable plan.
4: Lots of time to do it. I hate to cut us off uh, because we, and I'm sure we could probably talk for another couple hours about this. And I'm sure people would listen for a couple hours about it. Cause there are so many questions and so few things Um, unanswered at this point but we gotta we gotta run and you guys have to get back to to work i'm sure um so thank you everybody for joining us in studio thank you to i'm just gonna call you producer pat it just sounds good from an alliteration (laughs) standpoint um brandon thank you for joining us um it was fun, I guess. I'm glad everybody's here. And <laughs> back. Guys, a little bit, of, a little bit of normalcy. No, no, not fun that Brandon was here, but just like we got a little bit of normalcy back. Everybody's in studio. It was, right? it
0: was nice to see everyone. Yeah, I was Thanks. gonna say
3: first time seeing each other. Yeah, that's so, scene. Uh, <laughs> everything shut down, and then there's Brandon. Yeah, well,
0: see you
2: guys sometime. <laughs> I <guess. laughs>
1: Enjoy, enjoy, conferencing the Big Ten.
4: Yeah, obligatory uh, Jay Moore podcast plug. Listen to the Moore It <laughs>
1: podcast.
4: Uh, listen to the Hale Varsity radio show. Keep reading hailvarsity.com. Even though there won't be football, we will continue the podcasts for the foreseeable future. Might like to get people that cover other teams on to just talk about hypothetical games. We're just going to make our own games. <laughs> um, maybe play Madden with each other. Uh, we'll see. Keep reading hailvarsity.com. and we will be back with another podcast next week.